1: and they look by faith at Jesus, who was raised up on the tree. They will live, and they won't die. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever looks to him and believes won't die, but have eternal life. God, look at me. So loved the world that he sent his son. God sent his son into the world to die, not a lamb. God sent his son into the world, not a goat. God sent his son into the world, not a bull. God sent his son into the world, not some flunky angel. He could have. He sent his son. Why? Because he sent his pest. I'm waiting. You ought to be thankful. He sent his best. Jesus was his best. His son, his only begotten son. How many of you would send your son into a Christ-rejecting sinful world? You're sending your son to die for people who don't even like you. Who would do that? No one. But God he sent his son into the world. The people who would spit on him to people who would beat him to people who would nail him to a cross God sent his son his best Romans 8:32 he did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all the sending of his son opens the door of eternal life to those who are condemned and under the wrath of God. Look at verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. When Jesus came into the world, listen, he did not come into a neutral world. What are you talking about, Willis? When Jesus came into the world, the world was not neutral. The world was sinful. The world was, listen, anti God. The world was anti Jesus, anti Him. Nobody's neutral. Nobody was neutral and nobody is neutral. Jesus wasn't just all right. Wasn't it the, uh, what they told me? They told me last service. Don't tell me, don't tell me who wrote that song. Uh, The Doobie Brothers. The newbie brothers, the doobie brothers. That's right. First time. Okay. Right. The doobie, <laughs> <laughs> doobie brother. Jesus is just all right with me. How I go y'all. Jesus is just all right with me. Jesus is just all right. Oh yeah. Nope. Wrong. Jesus was not just all right with anybody. He wasn't neutral. He didn't come into a world neutral. Nobody was neutral toward Jesus. People don't move from neutrality to anti-God. People don't move from neutrality to anti-Jesus. People don't move from neutrality to pro-Jesus. The Bible says we all have sinned. We are all guilty. We all are perishing the moment we entered the world. Why? How? Because. We inherited a sin nature from Adam and Eve. So written in the DNA of every person, listen to me, written into the DNA of every person that comes into the world is a sin nature. So from time to time, I go to a hospital and the mommy just had a baby. And they just cleaned the baby up and got like all the cheese off the baby, and you know, they, it's the uh, you know the uh, the the stuff. It's just all over the baby. It's everywhere. You know, they they get all that off. The baby's all cleaned up and everything. And cute baby, cute baby. New babies are so cute. You know, they just look like little angels and. You're holding the little baby and it's so cute little baby. And you go, man, it's just a beautiful, cute little baby. Well, you got to understand and you got to remember that written into the DNA of that cute little newborn baby that just came in the world 15 minutes ago is sin, is a sinful nature. That baby came into the world. And as soon as the baby came into the world, the baby was Condemned. That's what the Bible means when the Bible says that you are condemned already. Are y'all with me? Uh You were condemned already. So you come into the world with this sin nature. So when your cute self came into the world, you were condemned. You came into the world slaves of sin with a sin nature. Remember, I told you we aren't sinners because we sin. We sin because we're sinners. It's a depraved, sinful nature. My German shepherd dog isn't a German shepherd dog because he barks. A man can bark and that doesn't make him a dog. No comments, ladies. (laughs) A dog barks or behaves like a dog because it's in his nature. Y'all get me. So we aren't sinners because we sin. We sin because we're sinners. It's in our nature. We are born with a sin nature. We came into the world. We weren't neutral. We were anti-God. Jesus didn't come to make neutral people pro-Jesus. Jesus came to make guilty people not guilty. Jesus came to make condemned people not condemned. Jesus came to make dead people eternally alive. God does not owe anyone a quid or life. Jesus came to offer it and some accept it and some don't, but if you don't, then you don't say that God sent you to hell because God sends no one to hell. God, the Bible says on the contrary, God sent his son into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you go to hell, it's because you want to go. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says. It reminds me of the story of uh, this minister and his unbelieving barber were walking down the street as their conversation turned to love of God. Said the barber to the preacher. If God was as loving as you say, why does he permit all the poverty, disease, and squalor that exists in the world? I can't believe that a loving God would permit these things. The minister was silent until they met a man who was especially unkept and filthy. His hair was hanging down his neck and he had a half inch of stubble on his face. And then he said, you can't be a very good barber or you would not permit a man like that to continue living in the neighborhood with hair uncut and unshaven. Well, indignantly, the barber answered, why blame me for that condition? I can't help it that this man is like that. He's never coming to my shop. I could fix him up and make him look like a million bucks if he'd only let me. Given the barber a penetrating look, the minister said "Then don't blame God for allowing people to continue in their evil ways when he is constantly inviting them to come and be saved. The reason people are slaves to sin and evil have evil habits is because they refuse the one who died to save them and to deliver them. The barber saw the point. Do you? The Bible tells us that Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That's because when he got here, that's all he found. He found sinners. Write that down. He found sinners. Verse 18, if you believe in Jesus, then you are not condemned. But if you don't, you are condemned already. The problem, listen, isn't inability. The problem is refusal. You should write that down. The problem is not inability. The problem is refusal. People refuse to come to Jesus. If you will, people refuse to come into his shop and sit in his chair and let him clean them up and make them look like a million bucks and save them and fill them and help them people refuse thank you brother it is right people refuse and then they blame God and God is saying listen I love you I died for you what more can I do well you want blood I gave you that But people refuse. The problem is not inability. The problem is refusal. Jesus would do anything to get you to heaven, and he did everything he could. Last but finally not least, the remorse of new life, write it down, is judgment. Judgment. Verses 18 through 21, we just read it. Whosoever believes in the Son is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not Believe verse 18 explains that even though some are judged and some are condemned, it's because they are already in that condition. When Jesus came, they are already condemned. Look at verse 36. Fast forward to chapter three, verse 36. He who believes in the son has everlasting life. And he who does not believe the son shall not see life, but the wrath of God does what somebody abides on him, or remains on him, or or already is on him. Jesus did not come to condemn was a shocking thought to the Jewish mind. Shocking. Because the Jew thought that uh, Jesus would condemn the Gentile. The Jews hated the Gentiles, and they believed that God was going to wipe out the Gentiles. Uh, The Jews hated women. In Jesus' day, women were considered property. Um, I was talking to Colonel, Army Colonel, last Saturday, and he's on his way to uh, Afghanistan. And he uh, was telling me that they were... Doing some training um, in Virginia uh, as it relates to Sharia law. And Sharia law is awful, just awful. Um, uh, Sharia law teaches that women are to be kept from sunlight like 23 hours a day, something like that. Just horrible, horrible, evil. Awful things, even though they believe in the Quran. The Sharia law is just awful. It reminded me of the Jews in Jesus' day. A Jew in Jesus' day would pray every day God, I thank you, I'm not a Gentile, a dog, or a woman. In those days, women were considered property feminists have accused Christianity as being hostile toward women when the truth is, and perhaps I can get a witness. The truth is Jesus has been the greatest liberator of women and elevator of people than anybody in all of history. Is that the best clapping y'all can do? Jesus has been the best liberator and elevator of people in all of human history. It was Jesus who said, "Who to whom the Son sets free is what free indeed." Jesus came to set folk free. Now, if you're in bondage because you want to be in bondage, Jesus came to set you free. Jesus liberated women. Feminists say, "Oh, Christianity always submit to women. Submit." Women submit to their husbands, all that. Oh, that's just putting women in bondage and carrying on. No, it isn't. It's setting women free. Jesus sets people free. Somebody come on, clap your hands and say amen. (laughs) Do it. Do it. It's awesome. Galatians 3.28 tells us there's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female for you are all one in Christ. Jesus did not come to condemn. Not everybody can say there's no condemnation over my life. Only those who are in Christ are not condemned. Some people are in Christ and not condemned, and some people are not in Christ and are condemned. Over and over in the Bible, we see some are in Christ, some are outside of Christ. Paul is not a universalist. Everybody's not going to heaven. Amen. That makes nice Hallmark stuff. Everybody going to heaven. We're all going to pine the sky and run through the fields, the fields in the heavenlies. Beautiful blue skies and in heaven. Everybody ain't going to heaven. That's just the truth. Don't shoot the messenger. Amen. Y'all looking at me like that's a bummer. It kind of is, but I didn't write it. If I had my way, listen. Everybody go to heaven. But I didn't write it. I didn't read nothing about no dogs going to be in heaven either. <laughs> Somebody said all dogs go to heaven. I write a movie about all dogs go to heaven. Don't get me wrong. I love dogs. I got a dog. Y'all know I got a dog. Walk by my office. You will know I have a dog, okay? My dog's big and... And he will make his presence known. And uh, I love dogs. I love animals too. I mean, I love my dog. I really love my, if you know me, you know I love my German shepherd. I have a German shepherd. He is beautiful. Just beautiful. I love my dog. But he ain't going to heaven. Which is a bummer to me. Because someday I'm going to have to part with my dog. It's very difficult. I can part with my children quicker than I can my dog. (laughs) You know that ain't right. That just ain't right. That ain't right. It ain't right. It ain't right. It ain't right. But you know what? Let the truth set you free. Let it set you free. Hallelujah. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 13 and 14, I got it for you on the screen. Y'all know my voice is tired. Come on, read that for me. I am beat. (laughs) Read it for me. Enter now by the gate, by the gate. For wide is a gate, I'm sorry, and broadens a way. Now, now, listen, I want you to write this down. There are two gates, simple as this. There are two gates, two ways, and two destinations, biblically. Two gates, two ways, two destinations. There's a wide gate and a narrow gate. The wide gate, many will enter. The narrow gate, few will enter. There's the broad way and the narrow way. And listen, at all costs, avoid Broadway. You'll get that on the way home. It's a bummer. Avoid it. The Broadway will be all those who walk in darkness. The Broadway will be those going after humanism and atheism and pluralism and inclusivism and any other ism that denies God. The Broadway is a popular way and many are on that street. The narrow way is less populated. And again, few find that way. It's called the narrow road, the God road, the King's highway. The narrow way isn't the popular way. The crowd isn't flocking to this way. The narrow way is difficult to get through. The narrow way is the way of holiness and truth and light and life. Proverbs sixteen twenty There is a way that seems right to man, but its end is the way of, anybody know? Death or destruction. And you and I must choose which way to take. Someone once said it is better to walk a lonely road with Jesus than to be without him in a crowd. Did you get that? It's better to walk a lonely road with Jesus than to be without him in a crowd. Don't expect your friends to go through the narrow gate with you. You're going to have to go it alone. You're going to have to stand on your own. Don't we sing about it? Don't none go with me, yet I will follow. I've decided to follow Jesus. Don't turn it back, don't turn it back. Don't none go with me, yet I will follow. You got to be willing to follow Jesus, and sometimes you got to follow him alone because the narrow gate, is narrow. Two gates, two ways, two destinations. One leads to destruction and the other leads to eternal life. One leads to life and light and the other leads to destruction and eternal darkness. And you say, come on, Ronnie, you don't believe in hell, do you? I absolutely do. Jesus absolutely did. Jesus wasn't your normal user-friendly pastor. Jesus spoke more about hell than any other preacher, and the reason he did is because he's been there, and he doesn't want anyone else to go there. God doesn't want you to go there. This text clearly is saying, Jesus is saying, that not everyone is going to heaven. There are two roads in life. One leads to heaven. Are you listening? And the other leads to hell. There are many on the road to hell. They just don't know it. There are many good, decent, religious people who think they're going to heaven and they're not. An old Negro spiritual says, everybody talking about heaven ain't going there. That's very, very true. Only by being in Christ does Christ's condemnation become your condemnation. Listen close. Christ's condemnation becomes your condemnation. If you want to say now and at the last judgment there is no condemnation for me because Jesus endured it for me. Then you have to be in Jesus. And if you're in Him, what happened to Him happens to you. We've all heard Jesus died for the whole world. That's true. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But what that means is that there is infinite room in Jesus, not that the whole world's going to heaven. Huh? You got me? But that there is room for any who would call upon his name. There's room. Jesus is not a small hotel. There's room for everybody. And everyone is invited. Somebody once wrote a song, a hymn that says, there is room at the cross for you. There's room at the cross for you. Though millions have come, there's still room for one. Yes, there's room at the cross for you. So what if you don't come? What if you don't believe or you don't receive? Verse 36 tells us he who believes in the Son has life, and he who does not obey the Son will not see life. But the wrath of God abides on him. The wrath of God and the condemnation of God is taken away in Christ. Look at verse 19 in your Bible. It tells us this is the judgment that light has come into the world. This word light is used 272 times in the Bible and we're going to review every single one of them right now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The Bible has a lot to say about light. Genesis 1:3, you want to jot down. Genesis 1:3, God said, "Let there be light." Psalm 27:1, "The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear?" Psalm 36:9, I like this one. "In your light we see light." In your light we see light. Psalm 118, 27, God is the Lord, and he has given us light. Proverbs six, twenty-three. the law is light. Psalm 119, 105, the word is a lamp. Somebody say it. The word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Psalm 119, 130, the entrance of thy word gives light. Ephesians 5, 8 tells us that we are to walk as children of light. John 1, 4 through 9, John 8, 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Over and over, the Bible talks about light and darkness. And obviously in our text, the light that that came into the world is Jesus. Then the purpose of light is to expose, reveal, illuminate, shine. Light enables people to do their work. Light represents what is good, pure, holy, and true, and reliable. Light exposes what exists, whether it's good or bad. In the dark, good and evil look alike. In the light, they can be clearly distinguished. When Jesus came in the world, light came in the world. First John, memory verse, first John 1, 5, tells us God is light. The Bible doesn't say God is a light. It says God is light.